für wir. Well, I just took a preemptive pee. Justin came on and I hadn't taken the preemptive pee and then I got this thing right here. What's good that? Coffee. <laughs> That's a freaking mug right there. Co good dude's coffee with ice. <laughs> Justin, do you know Brian? No, I do not. I mean, I've talked and to him just recently, but never met him before, I don't think. Where did you talk to him? Wasn't that that's who I was texting or no? Oh, okay. On that thread. Okay. Yeah. It was all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. I don't... Uh, uh, the only time we've been at a competition together was uh, Filthy 150. Oh, which I'm wearing the shirt Oh, today. dang, man. Dude, you're even rocking the shirt right now. That's right. Was that in Ireland? It was. Um, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, it has nothing to do with the show, not directed at Justin or at Brian, but someone today said to me, hey, um, why haven't you had anyone on from the disabled class? And I want you to realize that when you ask me questions like that, you you are trapped in your head because you think like I give a fuck about a disabled class or a youth class or an old class. And I don't care about – I only have people on the show that I want to talk to. So if someone's on the show, it's because I wanted to talk to them. I'm not obligated like the other – um, organizations like the Brian Panders too. I am my own free dude out here. I'm, uh, I worked at CrossFit for 15 years, so I'm just addicted to this shit. And I'm doing the podcast because Matt Souza from CrossFit Livermore twisted my arm to do it. And I, and I enjoy doing it, but I'd rather be spending time with my kids. And so I only interview people that I want to interview. And, and it could be for whatever reasons. I mean, I had the guy on with no legs, uh, Pitbull, because I was interested in a dude who's yoked out of his mind who has no legs, and I wanted to ask him what it's like not having legs. I had uh, Logan Aldridge on, and he's missing an arm or he's missing something. And the reason why I had him on is because I gave a shit of what it was like to be live. I wanted to ask a dude questions about like, hey, you clean more than me with one arm, like. And if he and if he had two arms, he clean more than you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Prince Maderos, and 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 maybe I have Jason Hopper on because I want to stare at him with his shirt off, and maybe I have Justin Maderos on because I think he's going to win the CrossFit Games, and I'm investing in the future of my podcast. But whatever my reasons are, I'm not out there checking boxes. We had Emma Tall on because I was a little nervous interviewing a, a woman from a foreign country. We're gonna have Roman on. I'm scared shitless because we're gonna need a translator. So. Like, and, and I approach and I want to do it because I'm scared, but they're my reasons. And so when you ask me, how come you haven't had anyone on from the disabled class, please, in the nicest way possible, I want to yell at you, but don't be passive aggressive towards me. Just say, hey, look, here's a dude with one leg who's strong as shit. You should have him on the podcast. And then I'll go to his Instagram account and I'll decide if it looks good. But don't like put me in some sort of box. I don't give a fuck about that stuff, any of that stuff, unless it interests me. If someone had uh, okay, I'll stop there before I get crap. <laughs> so, it's great to have you on, Justin. Um, you there uh, clearly crazy bit buzz going about you because of your own accolades, and then King Fraser embraced uh, Justin Medeiros and basically um, amplified you even more. I was actually surprised that you only had one hundred sixty-two thousand followers. That's like not even double me. So, it's, it's uh, for a dude's name who said so much. And who works out so much and has such a good physique and is so wholesome, you'd think that you'd have 500,000. But we'll see after this year, right? Yeah, man. It's moving in the right direction. I freaking, a year ago, I only had like 3,000. So to me, 160,000 is plenty. How, how tall are you, Justin? 5'9". And how much do you weigh? About 195. Wow. Do I okay. fit in Dave Castro's uh, view of a CrossFit Games athlete or what? Oh, forget his view. Does he fit in your view, Brian? That is thick. 
No, that's perfect. A little bit. It is perfect, right? Yeah, 5'9", 5'10", 195 to 200. That's a sweet spot, I think. I mean, you can do well outside of it, but historically speaking, that's a good, great place to be. And some of it, you can't control the height, but the weight, I think it's perfect. I went to Justin's YouTube channel, and his first video is published on October 2015. And I really appreciate the fact that he hasn't erased it. <laughs> and it's him doing a workout for some event. And the video opens. Uh, wait, how old did you say you are? How old did you say you are? Uh, I'm 15. Right now? I was, right now? I was 15. You're 15. So it's a 15-year-old Justin Maduros. He always he already looks a little bit like a man-child, although. Um, so the video starts, and uh, the first thing you notice is it's a typical 15-year-old. He has some pimples. Uh, eight seconds into the video, he adjusts his balls. And, and, and you don't actually see him adjust his balls, but if you're a guy, you know that movement. Like you know he went the down there and gave it. Gave it. Yeah, and Froning was like notorious for that. Do you remember that shit back in the day? Rich would just be out there in the field. He'd be on ESPN, and he'd fucking... I don't know if he was moving his dick from the right to the left or peeling his balls <laughs> off his leg, but he would always do something. Uh, then um, he, he was in the teen division. Um, in, in his first lift, he fails, and there's no collars, and the weights are bouncing around and off. It's like some janky shit. Um, and, th- and, then, and then about 30 seconds into the video, the camera person turns the iPhone sideways, so the whole, the whole rest of the video, you're looking like this. And I'm like, this is and – then, and then if you go to his most recent video, it looks like the Buttery Bros made it. I mean, it's, it's polished and sexy and lighting and slow-mos. And I just thought, how cool that Justin didn't erase that video. Like, you can see the Hey, got to show evolution. where it started. Were you tempted ever to erase it, or did you know, like, oh, this is so cool having this contrast? No, man, I, I think I love it. I think that's one of the cool things about, like, Instagram, too. Like, I have, like, so many old videos of me, like, training back from 2015 and stuff, and I think it's so cool to, like, scroll back and, like, see it, because you keep all that stuff on your camera roll, but then you get a new phone, and, like, you might back it up to your computer, but you're never going to look at it again, and when you kind of have it on there, you can always see it, and it's always a cool reminder on, like, those training days that get hard. You look back, and you see something like that. It's just, like, a good laugh, and... Uh, it makes you appreciate a little bit more where you're at now. Where were you born? Uh, Cal- or Lodi, California. Okay. and um, But you also have a home. You also travel to Idaho? Yeah, so that's where I uh, go to school, uh, Boise State. You're in school now? Yeah. Yeah, I have one more semester. I'm at, It's summer break right now, so I'm uh, not in school right at the moment. But yeah, one more semester. Next semester is my last one. Do you have a J-O-B also? No, no, just uh, j- just training, which has uh, been awesome. My, my family's been like that. My, my parents are awesome. They just said, as long as I'm uh, dedicated, I, I wrestled in high school and stuff, and I was planning on wrestling at Boise State. And they said, as long as I was like focused on doing that, um, they'll help support me. And uh, but they ended up canceling the wrestling program at Boise State the year I got there. So I just kind of moved into CrossFit, and they still honored what they said. And uh, it's kind of been doing that since. I told myself, I'll kind of do this until I'm done with college. And if it doesn't work out, I'll uh, then go get a J-O-B. <laughs> and, and what are you studying? Kinesiology. Oh, wow. And, and, and do you like it? Yeah, man, it, it's, it's awesome. I, uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's uh, kind of, I mean, I can relate to what I'm doing now. So that's the cool part about it. Yeah, it's crazy applicable. What, what is the definition of kinesiology? Man, it's pr- pretty much like just like the study of the body. I mean, that's what I basic form of it and how it moves right yeah 
Don't worry, we don't need to know. Someone will tell us in the YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's true. cool. That's, that's the only good thing about YouTube comments. <clears throat> be nice, people. Be nice. <laughs> so, so, you, so you've been you've been in college for three years, and you have one and you have one semester left. Uh, I've, I've been in four years, and uh, and I have one more semester. I uh, I took a semester off. I had some family stuff going on, so I took a semester off, and uh, I'll finish up next semester. And so now it's summer, and you're living at home with your mom and your dad. I'm um, living with my coach. Oh wow! And and where is that? Uh, uh, Vancouver, Washington. Okay, and that's Adam Neifer. Yeah, Neifer. Neifer. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> it's funny. Adam's one of those faces you can never forget. I, I I'm guessing I've met him in 2008. I mean, I've no. I, I definitely. I remember seeing his yeah, I mean, smiley, he's, he's, happy face. He's been face. there from 2008 all the way to 2018. So I mean, he's been he's been around sport for a while. Did he go to the games in 2008? Um, I don't think he went. He was going to, but he was fighting fire. And then he went every year from 2009 to uh, 2018, and they won it in 2010. Always, always, on a, always on a team, Seven. Yeah. Okay. And tell me about why you moved in with them. How did that happen? Is this the first time you've lived with them, or is this something normal that you do as you approach the games in the past? Uh, I mean, this is the, the second year. The first time was last uh last summer but um yeah just uh long story short i went to boise i had a um a personal coach when i traveled there back home from california um i joined a gym got really close with the owner and he thought that my current coach wasn't doing a good job um he knew adam from competing at the games with him and uh they host like a like it's called the um the championship uh adam puts it on it's kind of like a northwest partner comp but it's pretty big and he's done that. So he knew him and uh, he got us connected. And Adam kind of said, the only way I'll work with you is if you can spend time up here. He doesn't like that kind of remote pro like coaching. He feels like he can't help you that much unless he gets eyes on you and can actually work with you. So uh, that was in like March of 2019, like during the, the, when the open used to be in March and they switched it to October and I got to school May and just kind of drove up here and stayed for the summer. And, and that's Vancouver, Washington, right across the river from Portland. Yep. Not do you know Mar- <laughs> do, you, do you know Miranda and Julian? Mm-mm. The the world headquarters for street parking is up there. Yeah, yeah. You- so uh, the the um my, my video guy, they said that my YouTube looks all fancy now. He's the uh, the video guy for street parking. Oh wow! You should connect with them. They're good people. Yeah, I've heard great things about them. Yeah, they're great people. Um, and it's, and it's a small, and it's a, it's not a big town, is it? Or is it exploding with everyone fleeing California? <laughs> no, it, it's growing a little bit, but, um, it's still, it's still nothing like crazy. I mean, Portland's kind of like the big city type and, uh, that Vancouver's nice. It kind of gives you a good separation from Portland. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. I like it a lot. How many miles is Lodi from San Francisco? A hundred? I don't know, but I probably like an hour and a half drive, hour and 15 minutes. So it's not too bad unless you get traffic, obviously, but. So you're, let's say you're 100 miles uh, inland from San Francisco. T- describe Lodi, growing up in Lodi, what that was like. <laughs> uh, Lodi is a real know. small town. I think everyone that's in Lodi wants to get out of Lodi. <laughs> it's uh, it's just like a big farm town. It's a bunch of wine, grapes, vineyards, um, small town. I lived like uh, 20 minutes outside of town. It's kind of like on five acres. And um, yeah, it's a real hometown. Like every time I go back home, I'm going out to coffee shop or some place to get lunch like you always run into someone you know it's just kind of like a, a good small town but dude it's grown a bunch in the past four or five years 
And, and, and cows and horses and donkeys and all that stuff. Right? Oh, yeah, all that good stuff. And is there a drug problem in Lodi? I know Stockton's a little rough. No, no, that's a, that's a, the big Stockton thing. Uh, we're, we're right next door to it. So, I mean, we had like the Diaz brothers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, that's a, it's a big Stockton thing. Uh, Lodi's a lot more low-key than uh, how Stockton was. But um, it's a good little town. Have you ever seen or met the Diaz brothers? Uh, I went to one of their uh, wrestling camps in high school. Just uh, I really wanted to get good at wrestling, kind of got my exposure as I can, but um, not really. N- nothing that they would remember me from. <laughs> Did you ever smoke weed with them? Nope. Did you ever roll with them? Yeah. You did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't really like rolling, but like just kind of like getting like they showed me something kind of thing. I never actually sparred with them. I get my ass kicked. <laughs> and, and do you do you remember what they showed you? No, it's just like a simple like uh, just like shooting takedowns, uh, kind of just like body control and stuff like that. Wow, cool! And then I saw on your Instagram you've met Daniel Cormier. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. I was like eighth grade, man. <laughs> yeah, I did a, a wrestling camp and uh, or not sorry, I did a wrestling tournament and he was just there and um, I met him and then they did like his one of his wrestling coaches. She owns like a program. It was a girl, a female, and she uh, had a wrestling camp called Wrestling Prep. And it was super big. So when she held like kind of big camps, uh, she knew a lot of those fighters and he would come down and uh, help all of us out. Did you get a chance to interact with him much? How, what was he like? Dude, he was awesome, man. He, he just like, just kind of one of those guys that like loves the sport. I mean, it was like an eighth grade wrestling tournament, kind of local tournament. And he's just there kind of going around, helping people out, taking pictures and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, a super down to earth guy. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you have a sister. Two sisters. Okay. Older? Yeah, both of them. I think uh, like 31 and 29, somewhere around there. <laughs> okay. So you were born in Lodi on five acres, two sisters, and are your, are your parents together? Yep. Wow, this is so weird. This is the second person in a row whose parents are together. This is bizarre. <laughs> I, think he's and, got, uh, I think he's got one of the best support systems in CrossFit in terms of volume of people that travel the greatest distance. To come 100%. See when they can. Second to none. I saw you had a picture on your Instagram of your parents at the ranch, and that was the that was last year, right? Yep. Yeah, no, it was awesome, dude. That was a cool story. I mean, just going from uh, the last – like, obviously, every event at the ranch, we couldn't bring our coaches or anybody, so it was just the athletes. And then going to the last event, they said we could bring our coach and then one other person. And I'm sitting there like, frick, like, who do I pick? Like, my mom or my dad? Like, this is uh, <laughs> like this is impossible choice. And uh, – Dude, Noah Olson was like, hey, man, like, I, I don't got anybody else here. Like, I'll tell him that your dad's with me and uh, he can come down to the ranch. So, dude, Noah did that for me. Both my parents got to come there for the final event and uh, obviously experienced that, like hopping on the podium my rookie year. Like, that was, uh, yeah, something I'll never forget. Wait, wow. Seven, do you realize that? Is that is really cool of Noah. And that's, I, he did you, that. Did you know that story, Brian? No, and he did that for the guy that kept him off the podium ultimately. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, dude, he's yeah. What's wrong with this sport? Guys. What the fuck is wrong with this sport? When Connor lost, he called Poirier's wife a hoe. And this guy's letting you. Hey, bring your dad over. He can be my coach. Uh, yeah. What yeah, was he no. yelling at Noah the whole time? You're fat. Slow down. You suck. Uh, that's really cool, man. Noah's cool as shit. Yeah. 
because I was wondering, I knew that they weren't letting people on the ranch. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh shit, that's some home cooking. Like you probably did, you had to sweet talk Dave, but now <laughs> Dude, it there, all there makes was sense. nothing that was going to keep my parents out of there, anyways. It was just nice that Dave gave them the okay because my, my parents would have found a way to, to make it on scene. <laughs> Why did they even come down knowing that they couldn't get on? Like it was a four or five day event. How many days was the event? Why did they even come down? Yeah, I know. Mean, that's just like. It's just, it's hard to explain if you don't know my family. I mean, they're going to be there no matter what. Like, they're just, like, the biggest support crew fans that, like, you could ever do. Like, I get text messages every day from my mom be like, hey, like, I wish I was there. I could help you cook you food. I feel so helpless right now. Like, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And just, uh, she's just, she, she, she's willing to do everything, like, to make my situation the best I can be. I mean, she got there early. She was, like, cooking me food and bringing it to the hotel um just trying to do everything she can to help me out like it's uh it's amazing uh having them there and they were able to watch some of the events because at the north or whatever that place was called people were able to line the fences yeah no they they didn't think they're gonna be able to go down there so i have some family that lives in the area too so they were just like they brought camping trailers and stuff and kind of posted up at the house and we're just kind of having (laughs) a watch party there even they like drove all the way there to have the watch party there. I don't know why, but um, the, the, it was pretty cool. And then uh, they could see from the live stream that people were watching through the fence. So then they like booked it down there and uh, kind of hang out and watch as much as they could through the fences. The guy with the mullet says his family came down with camping trailers. The picture <laughs> is becoming more and more clear. Of course they did. Coolers on wheels. Um, is your mom overprotective? Uh I don't have to say overprotective, but definitely just uh, super supportive. I mean, just, she'd literally do like anything for me. So she's not like up in your business when you don't want her to be. It's a, yeah, it's a healthy yeah. relationship. No, no. She, she, she's pretty good about that. I mean, she, she uh, yeah, no, she, she's pretty good about doing that. But um, I, I'm tr- I, I, I know I had an interaction. I know this is the first time I've interacted with you, but I know I've interacted with your mom before. And I said something about you somewhere that was a jab, not like mean, but just like, just fucking fuckery and your mom and i had an interaction and she was exceedingly polite like she could have taken it really uh poorly (laughs) and she just wrote something like oh justin's a great boy or he's a hard worker or something like it must have been on instagram in the comments somewhere i'm pretty sure it was when i think i remember it because you like you like uh uh, what'd you say it was something about me having numbers in my instagram name oh yeah 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 yeah. i was making fun of you i was like what the fuck is going on more numbers (laughs) Yeah. yeah Josh got numbers in his name too. That's right. And she could have been, she could have been rude and instead she explained it to me like it was your football number or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And a lot of people have told me that since I didn't play sports, since I was, you know, the 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 fat kid who like during the presidential fitness exam hid in the bushes. I don't know any of that stuff. <laughs> number, that number stuff. So so you're raised you by two older sisters. And um, you're on five acres, so basically you played outside a lot, right? Yep. And it, you were always in the dirt, climbing trees, chasing dogs. You could have as many friends over as you wanted. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, when, how old were you when you when you started getting, like, your parents started putting you, like, in sports and stuff, organized sports? Uh, like, pretty much from the youngest age possible. I mean, I started out with just soccer, um, like, the youngest age possible. I think I did, like like t-ball and played like dodgeball like some basketball stuff like that when i was really young uh i took soccer like competitively when i was that age and then um 
I played soccer up until sixth grade. And then I just like always wanted to play football. My parents never let me. And then finally let me try out in seventh grade. I was starting to get like some size. So I did. Uh, and then I started wrestling in fourth grade. Um, and then I switched to just football and wrestling starting from my seventh grade year. By the way, I don't think they have dodgeball anymore. I think it's um, in vain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. I think that's one of the things that the cancel culture got. Dodgeball. Are you serious? Dodgeball? Yeah. Dodgeball. Yeah. It's like it's a it's racist or something. It's something. Yeah, I know. I read the Red article. balls pretty, and stuff like that. Maybe. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, so t- tell me about wrestling, fourth grade wrestling. That's a city program? Uh, yeah. Pretty much uh, like it's like a. We have like two schools. Um, one's called the Lodi Flames and one's like the Tigers um, for high school. And then they both had a feeder program called like the Fire Cats. <laughs> uh, this is like a wrestling program that feed it into the high school. So um, that's what I was pretty much like kind of wrestling with. And do you remember when you first started? Were you scared at all? Intimidated? Uh-oh. Did you not it want was, to touch the kids? Frozen. You got, I, can you hear that's me strange. though? She usually doesn't have any issues. I can see you guys. So you were, which one, which my one? iPhone's better. How about better now? Do you hear me now? Oh, yeah, you're back. Okay, yeah, I saw everyone froze up for a second. So, um, so in the fourth grade, when you start wrestling, are you, um, are you nervous? Are you scared? Do you cry your first match? What do you remember? Oh, any of that? Dude, stuff? it was it was terrible, man. If I met myself when I was a little kid, I would not like myself too much. Uh, I was always super competitive and uh, fairly athletic. I felt like, but like I didn't know how to lose. And like when I lose, like I like I would quit a board game halfway through if I felt like I was gonna lose. Uh, just kind of like when I started wrestling, I think my first year I won like one match or something like that, and I cried after every match. Just super devastated that I was losing. I mean, it's a uh, there's a lot different of a sport. I always did team sports, and you go out there and wrestle, and it's like you versus this dude. And when you lose, it's like like it's it's you lost. Like you can't blame it on anybody else. Like it's you out there, and plus you just got like physically beat by someone else. Like it wasn't like a mental game or anything like that. So I had a hard time with that uh, the first couple of years. But like to see like that progress like get better as years to come. Like you put in the work, and then you see it like directly like happen on the mat, and you start winning matches, and like this physically dominating people was just like it was awesome to see that progression. I think it was uh it was definitely helpful and like kind of shaped kind of who I like have become now well maybe you got it all out of your system unlike half of your colleagues who make it their favorite pastime to complain about judges programming yeah. and then they have the media pander to their oh i just their, find that funny man I've, their, I've had i haven't been in the sport for too long but i've had some uh funny experiences with that uh with uh people blaming the judges or blaming the the, the programming and things like that yeah man at ireland it was terrible dude and mm. all the athletes had a lot of uh comments to make about some of the programmed workouts and me and adam were just sitting there just like dude like you really think you're gonna talk them out of changing this whole workout like that's what it is it's at like everyone's got the same rules like it's still fair like just do the work. It was with the sandbag. We had the, uh, I don't know if you were watching that event, but it was a, uh, instead of sandbag toss, it was sandbag like for distance. So you like picked it up and threw it backwards. But they like said, once you picked up the bag off the ground, you couldn't like regroup your feet. If that makes sense. So you can like lap it on your knees. And people thought that was like the dumbest standard. Like we're going to blow out our knees because our knees will be pinched in and all this stuff. And it was like, 
a big ordeal there. And obviously the rope climb stuff too, but it was just like, well, that, that is a, that is a pretty c- crazy standard, but I want to focus more on your coach about how your coach didn't buy into it. I had this friend, I've, I've had many friends like this who they're fighters and like you go to a bar or something and they get drunk and they bump into someone and a fight ensues and their girlfriends will like instigate the fight. Or if someone disrespects their girlfriend, they'll try to get their boyfriend to fight. Let me tell you people, if you have someone like that or a coach like that, who instead of like trying to like just breathe through the situation, but they're exacerbating it and feeding into your negativity, that's not a good person. You don't yeah. want a wife who's trying to like get you to fight at a bar. You want a wife that's like, hey, let's just go home and watch Netflix instead. Like – um, that's awesome to hear Adam was like that. Like, yeah, man, he's, uh, yeah, he doesn't really take any excuses or anything like that. And he's always, I don't know if you ever have a conversation with him, but he's like one of the yes. most positive people that like you've ever met. So kind of when you're around him, like, it's just like, like you are who you spend, like you're the sum of the five people you supposed to spend your most time with. And like being around him, like 24 seven, I mean, I live at his house. I'm with him at the gym and everything like that. Like it's, uh, you just like feed off that energy. Maybe that's why Colton Mertens is so good. He hangs out with 15,000 pigs all day who fucking are on the edge of their death at any second, right? And so he's just in complete fucking survival mode, and that's what makes him such a fucking animal. And maybe that's why you're always smiling because you're around Adam. By the way, I've never seen a picture of Adam. I've never been around him when he isn't smiling. I mean, you, you nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Does, what's his uh, training still like? Is he still pretty good? Does he throw down with you ever? Dude, man, he's an animal, man. He's kind of, like, uh, turned his, like, focus, but, like, he's been doing, like, these, like... Have you ever heard of adventure races? Mm-mm. Dude, it's, like, it's like 400 yes. miles, like, long, like, five-day time cap, and it's, like, four time. And there's, like, three modalities. It's, like, running, biking, and, like, a water aspect. And, like, dude, it's nuts. Like, he goes on, like, these ultra runs, and then... Like his training for it still CrossFit. Like he does cross. He does like he he programs obviously for the gym. He does the workout every day, and then kind of on the weekends he'll go on like longer runs and stuff like that. Man, the dude's nuts. He can't sit still. He's always uh he's always working towards something. Do you ever go with him, Brian? Brian, I made this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I he he does all my running workouts with me. That's the only time he hops in if if it's like running and he thinks he can beat me in it. So uh, it's always a good push and stuff like that. I could but, just uh, I could just see this. I like scenario. It how he thinks he can beat me. I like that. Yeah. he thinks. <laughs> I could just see the scenario where he's like, "Hey, man, I'm going. I'm doing a twenty miler on Saturday," and you're like, "All right, I'll do the first two, and then I'll see you. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you at the end. <laughs> I. I I made this movie many years ago. It's called Desert Runners, and um, it was about people um, who ran across the four hardest climate conditions in the world. It was in the Sahara, Antarctica, somewhere in China. God, the name of the desert, uh, and then uh, whatever that desert, crazy desert. The Gobi is that? Is it the Gobi? And then and then the crazy one in uh, Chile, where it hasn't ever. They claim it's never rained ever there in the history of the Earth. Whatever <laughs> desert that is. But it was fucking nuts. They had to carry everything. It was a five-day race, and they were only allowed to run with all they could have, all their food, everything they had to run with in their backpack. Dang. Yeah, it was nuts. But they didn't do the swimming or biking. It wasn't like – it was just basically just running. There were hills, obviously, and mountains. Still and nuts. Our- like just going like that long is like crazy. Like at, when he did it, he's like his plan because he's never done one before, and he like signed up for the hardest one. Like it was already called like the hardest race in America, like – the one he, the first one he signs up for, because there's like intermediate ones that are like two day time caps and stuff. He signed up for this five day one, and his right. goal going in was to like 
yeah, we're just going to do this without sleeping for like five days. And I'm like, what? But like he made it through the five days with like, like three and a half hours of sleep in five days. Like you're just do you remember, moving. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, it's like, let's see. It's, it's like expedition. They did it in Bend, uh, Oregon. Okay, um, someone will put it in the YouTube comments. Yeah. It, it's, it's always good to leave some blank spots so that the audience can participate. <laughs> so what did you, what would your parents say to you when you would cry, when you would like be on a mat and lose a match and throw a temper tantrum? What would your what would they say to you? Would they would they, just like, 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 like just kind of like, like try to calm me down and just uh, like like one of like the things that's kind of like transferred in now, it's just like you can't like look at it as like a win or loss. You got to like, kind of reflect on your own like like how did you perform in that match like that like guy might have been wrestling for four or five years and like he's just more skilled than you and like you lost you might have wrestled to the best of your ability like had the best performance possible but that guy just like outright beat you and like like there's nothing you can do about that when you did like everything you're supposed to do did it right but that guy just beat you like it's a hard pill to swallow but like like you did everything right. And then just kind of like focusing on that, like, okay, like I got to go out there and like do my match, like run my race and like do what I can and like acquire those skills. So when the time comes, like I'm that guy that's out there and like it turned into like the only times I got really frustrated is when like I had to mess up, like I did something I knew I wasn't supposed to do or I knew I could have beat that guy and I had some type of mess up or whatever it was, like didn't have a smart decision and uh, just kind of like really like, focusing it back on myself and not like you can't really control like what that guy's going to do just kind of focus on what you can have the best game plan be the best prepared like like i can control how fit i am like like how conditioned i am and, and how well i know my moves i can't control what moves this guy's going to do and when i can just like control how prepared i'm going to be and and they talk to you like this even in the fourth grade yeah i mean, I mean obviously it wasn't like so like in depth about that but he's like you can't be mad about like a loss that you just like like you're still learning you're getting better like you, you like you did this well like it's kind of put on things i did well and like things i can like work on but yeah i mean they're the biggest support group i mean they went to every wrestling match i mean weigh in sometimes we're like at five in the morning we got to wake up at three in the morning drive two hours to this tournament like both my parents were there like every single time i mean it was uh yeah, it, it was awesome. Like knowing that, like they're behind me one hundred percent, like win or lose, and they were there for each match. Like it just made it like super fun and, and that much easier to go. Um, it's interesting. You, you said you were how old were you? Did you say twenty five? Me right now? Yeah, twenty two. Twenty two. So it's interesting how much you appreciate this now at twenty two, which I don't think a lot of twenty two year olds would appreciate. <laughs> but man, dude, when you're forty two you're going to even appreciate it even more. It's going to like, as you, like, as you have kids, it's going to blow your mind how good your parents were. You're going to be yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. That's, that's literally like, just like what it's been like, just even, I mean, obviously I got a long ways to like grow and learn, but like, like just some of the things that like looking back on my mom and my dad did for me when I was little, I was just like, man, like I was freaking lucky to have that. I don't think most people appreciate that at 22. That's awesome. Um, the reason why I was asking is my, my son's six and he's going to his first jujitsu tournament next week, uh, or in two weeks. And when I told him we were going, I could see just tears well up in his eyes. I was like, okay, this is, uh, <laughs> we're two weeks out. And I told him and my heart broke for him cause I'm scared for him too. 
Yeah, I'm, like like I'm nervous too. Like uh, to, I'm a creature of habit, and like and but um, basically what happened was is one of the other parents took um, uh, uh, my son Avi has this kid Kieran in his class, and they're kind of like nemesises. They kind of go back and forth. They're the two. They're like at the same level, right? Yeah. And this kid, um, and it's cool. And the 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 Kieran's mom and dad are amazing, and we always joke around and yell moves for the kids to do in the <laughs> class, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, Kieran's job. This this kid, uh, um, and we'll tell each other. The the other dad, Josh, and I will be like, "Hey, shut your mouth! No, you shut your mouth!" And then eventually, <laughs> even the the jujitsu instructor, Garth Taylor, the guy who owns the place, will be like, "Hey, you two, quiet!" <laughs> and uh, but he took his son Kieran to a jujitsu tournament a few months ago, and his and his son came back a just a different creature. Yeah, man, it's it's one event. Yeah, I mean, you, you just like it, like it puts you in a situation where you got to learn on your own, like when you're out in the match, like no one's going to come out there and like save you. So you got to kind of like find that like willpower to like kind of grow, uh, like while you're out there. I mean, it was, uh, I was a completely different person. Like after like going through wrestling and kind of having that whole experience, I think it was one of the most valuable things I think I've done. This kid probably doubled his speed in his transitions from move to move to move. Like normally when he would spar with Avi, he was so slow in his transitions and it would just open up holes for Avi to then execute his moves. And then he went to the tournament, and he's not like that anymore. He went from like a, a, a turtle to a grasshopper. I mean, it was just <laughs> crazy. Is it like that in CrossFit? Can, if you go to a – like I noticed you've been going to competition since you've been so young. Do you get that um, growth at competitions also? I, it's funny. I, I haven't thought of this now. I always hear Brian talk about the importance of experience you get in competitions, and it doesn't resonate with me. Like when he says it, I'm just – like it just it sounds like a talking point. But now that I'm sitting here – talking about the jiu-jitsu tournament is it like that for tournament uh crossfit comps do you get better just by going oh yeah yeah no for sure i mean it's like it's just hard to replicate like uh like the competition setting like uh there's just so many like the 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 adrenaline that you're feeling and like going into the match like you have like so many different emotions like you're, you're scared like you're super excited like you're nervous like just like all these rush of emotions that are going through and then to kind of have to like go out there and like execute on like everything you've been doing is uh, a whole different experience. And plus like going against someone, like you can do it as much as you want, like in training, you can say that you're going hard and like replicating this as much as you want, but like, it's just not the same. Like you can do the same workouts like on your own, like at the gym, but then when you do it in competition, like no matter what you say, like you just go faster. Like you hear that from everybody like, oh yeah, I tested this workout. I went out there and I went a minute and a half faster or whatever it was. Like, it's just like, it's uh, it, it's crazy. And you learn so much. Like that's why like you want to compete. And that's what sucked about COVID the last year. Like I had some competitions like spread out where I want to go and test myself and see where I'm at against everybody. And, uh, and that's like, what's awesome about competitions that you get pointed out weaknesses that you never even knew you had. So it's, it's just like such a big learning experience. Like, if you can walk away from a competition being like, oh, wow, like that's something I got to work on. It's like, good. Like, heck yeah, you have a direction to go now, like in your programming. If you went to a competition, everything went well. Then it's like, well, you didn't really learn anything. Like, what are you going to do now? So, um, yeah, dude, like this competing is super helpful. So you're doing sports. Were you good in school? Were you a good student? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like at the top of my class or anything, but I always had good grades. I mean, uh it wasn't anything special, but like, uh, I got like, a like this Wooly scholarship going to, um, like going into college and it pretty much makes you pay in-state tuition. Uh, and it kind of just comes from having like an SAT score. That's pretty good. And having a good GPA throughout, um, 
high school and then you have to keep a certain GPA throughout college to let it roll over every year. So, I mean, my, my parents didn't let me do anything unless my grades were up. So. And and in high school, how did you wrestle all the way through to your senior year? I'm assuming. Yeah. And how good did you get? Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's different between every state. Um, like making it to the state tournament in California is like a pretty big deal. Like if you uh, are at like a tournament during like, the regular season like they'll announce you as like hey this is a current like state qualifier even if you went to state and you lost like it's still like a big deal in california like other states like kind of everyone goes to state and there's like four state tournaments but california just has one but um my school is never the best at wrestling i think we when we have like two guys like in the history of our school go to state um and i made it my junior and senior year uh, wow. i almost made it to the podium round i lost the round before um I was never a great wrestler. I think I was just very well conditioned. And uh, like my matches were super simple. I had a couple moves I was really good at. And like my matches were always like three, four, two, three, like um, just kind of like outworked people in kind of the third period. And that's just kind of how I went about it. Wow. It's not, have you heard of CrossFit? It sounds like it's for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, where, and where did CrossFit come into your life and how did it come into your life? I uh, came in in seventh grade, um, so I, I was pretty young, S- same when I started football and stuff like that, but uh, my, my mom and my sister found it just through uh, one of their friends started it, dragged them into it, and uh, my mom was doing it, and she loved it. She's like, oh, you should come try it out. Like, like you'll have so much fun. Like, she knew I'm super competitive, and like she thought I'd really like, like the atmosphere at the gym, and I was, she was telling me, yeah, it's like you go there, it's an hour class, you warm up, we did a workout, and like... It was like seven minutes or something like that. Cooled down and left. And I'm like, you went and worked out in seven minutes? Like, that's not a thing. I'm training with the high school team right now for wrestling. And like, we're hitting like the gym for like an hour and a half, two hours, like lifting weights and all these things. I'm like, seven minutes? Like, it's ridiculous. And I didn't go for a couple months. And she finally like dragged me in there and just kind of like fell in love with it. I didn't like do it year round, but like, over the summer, I did it. Saturday classes, just kind of went in, had fun with it, and kind of uh, yeah, it was always awesome. Which, by the way, is the prescription that uh, Ben Bergeron talked about several years ago for someone who's a middle school, high schooler that wants to be good at CrossFit when they're in their twenties or a little late twenties, even is uh, supplement your sports with some CrossFit training as you can. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, being in sports is like super important. Like. Like I pride myself in being like athletic. So if there's something I can't do, like I want to learn, like just like learn how to juggle, ride a unicycle, just like want to do all these things. Like I hate when someone points something out and I can't do it. Like this really frustrates me. And like to have that like coordination, I think is a super helpful. Like I think there's some CrossFit athletes out there that like can't throw a football kind of thing. And it's uh, it's pretty comical that they're like some of the fittest people in the world, but like they can't throw or catch a football or kick a ball or something like that. So uh, are you ambidextrous? I think having that coordination super helpful. Are you ambidextrous? Can you use your right and left hand? Can you throw with both? Uh, I've been trying to, Uh, I have have a ball that me me and my friend, we play like left-handed catch. (laughs) Just uh, try to get better. I mean, nothing compared to my right hand, but uh, it's super weird. Like the mental coordination that that like takes, like you sit there like, okay, that's my right hand. You sit there, like point the shoulder, then throw with your left hand. It's like it's uh it's super fun to do. Do you do you know how to ride a unicycle? Yeah. And do you know how to juggle? Yeah, dude, it's honestly a class project. We had to learn how to juggle, and I was like, heck yes, like I am learning this. 
Uh, it was like a, you only get 30 tries a day, like 30 attempts a day and have to document it. And you do it for five days in a row. Um, but then I learned how to juggle. What class was that? It was one of my kinesiology classes, just like an elective. Uh, it was like a one or two credit class, but it was like, it was so much fun. Just kind of like, it was like about like learning how people learn kind of stuff like that. So I forgot what the name of the class was, but like, it's super fun kind of doing stuff like that. Like, yeah, it was really cool. We like, uh, we did stuff like one person would like listen to someone telling them how to draw something. And one person would like watch a video with no sound and then try to draw it. It was just like a bunch of different ways about visual learning, audio learning and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely had some fun classes. Yeah, that sounds cool. And to, I didn't even, I would hear terms like that visual audio learning, the difference, blah, 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 all through, you know, growing up. And I just thought it was just nonsense. And then I had, I have kids and I have one kid who's a visual learner and it's crazy. In yeah. some settings, he looks like he's slow. And then in the visual settings with flashcards, he destroys everybody. I'm like, oh yeah. shit, I guess this shit's real. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, so you, so you went to state and, um, were your, your sisters, did you, did you fight with them a lot growing up? Did they beat you up and did you wrestle a lot at home with them and? No, I actually didn't, which was like the, they were a lot older than me. So like, I felt like by the time I got into like fifth or sixth grade, they were like moved out of the house kind of thing. So uh, luckily I got like a, I got really close with one of my best friends in like first grade and he had two older brothers and I'd go over there and like, uh, dude, they just pick on me all the time. Like it was, it was like some of the best things that happened for me like now, but like I'd call my mom like 10 at night when I went to spend the night, like, can you come pick me up? They're being mean to me. And stuff like that and uh this kind of like gave me a hard time uh he was the one that got me into wrestling and his older brothers wrestled so like they just pick on me when they're play dodgeball they just like team up against me and like freaking yeah it was just like it was it was such good stuff and uh like when like we like would get in like arguments and stuff his mom would send us outside with like boxing gloves but we only had like <laughs> one pair so like it would be like four rounds i have my left you have the right and then like switch <laughs> and yeah, like, so just like a bunch of fun stuff like that. And, uh, I'll never forget the day. It was like, he like graduated left and he like came back. And then like, I finally like got some size on me and started to get better at wrestling and stuff like that. And, uh, kicked his ass. So I was pretty pumped up about that. Can you but we're, we're good friends now. Can you turn to the side for a second? I see your profile. <laughs> Do you have a big nose? Big nose? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. No one oh. says I have a big nose. No, it's the glasses. Whenever I like, if I wear style glasses like that, people will make fun of me, like being like, "Oh, look, he's wearing the glasses with the nose on it." But I'm like, "Does this motherfucker got a big nose?" What made me think of that is I was actually just thinking yesterday, like of all the stuff people used to make fun of me about growing up, and like, and, and not just me, everyone got made fun of, right? It was just, oh a, yeah, a, a, you're too short, seven eleven, your nose is big, and it, and I was like, man, it's crazy. I wouldn't trade any of that in for the world. Like it was like. It's all it good about, for you. Yeah, it's like what it's like, and you nailed it. Like going over to his house, you call your mom. Yeah, that's okay. But now that shit is. Um, I, I always hear this stuff about no bullying, and don't get me wrong, we had some bullies at the school, and it sucked. Like the guy who hangs doesn't want to go home because his dad's going to beat him, so he hangs out just like where all the kids walk by after school, and he's just whooping everyone's ass. That <laughs> shit sucked a little bit. Yeah, it was a little terrifying. But um, but yeah, those things when you go to your friend's house and you have to wrestle the older brother and like. Those are important. For sure. There's been a lot, there's yeah, been a lot of crazy. times where I've felt like I almost got the short end of the stick by being the oldest brother because all my friends that are the middle or younger brother always, they got, just got tougher naturally by dealing with the 
bullshit from the older one, and I was the one that was doing that to my younger brother, <laughs> yeah. so now he's way tougher than me. <laughs> when you get picked on enough, eventually you have to stand up for yourself. It's not a bad oh, exactly. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Are you good at say are you do you have you gone through the lesson in life where um you you have to say no, you have to learn to say no to people? Do you know how to say no to people? I oh, did yeah. you do. Oh yeah. Do you remember when I you I mean I think that? like uh I mean I don't know what kind of situation you're talking about, but like uh in college, like drinking and partying is like such a big thing and like having to like say no all the time. Like I'm living with three college guy roommates that just want to like party and they're having people over They're I'm like dropping them off and like just going straight home and uh, just like say no every time to like go out and drink. Like I got training the next day, like, or, or whatever it is. And, uh, but it's just like a, it's a skill. I think like you learn it, then you get good at it. And then it's like, it's nothing anymore. So uh, yeah, I think that's just kind of where I'm not afraid to say no to anybody. Just kind of, do what I want. That's amazing. I don't think I had that skill until I was late in my thirties. You just want, I just wanted to just please everyone. Just do whatever, like, <laughs> but, but, but you end up, it ends up being bad for everyone. Yeah. It's not, it's not good for anyone. So you, so, um, when do you realize you're good at CrossFit? How old are you? If you start in the seventh grade, when do you realize you're good? By the way, is that we interviewed Zach Watts yesterday. He's an, uh, he, he qualified from the mid Atlantic also. Um, and he took fifth and you know, his mom introduced him to CrossFit Oh, that's or, awesome. or it was his mother-in-law, something like that. But it was basically a very similar story. It's cool to hear that. Yeah, dude, he was a really cool dude. He seemed cool. Not, yeah. but, but, but maybe doesn't have the eye of the tiger. <laughs> too nice. Maybe too nice. What do you think, Brian? Too nice? Zach Watts? The, I don't know. He's a strong the guy though. is out for Zach Watts still. We haven't had enough, uh, chance to see him <laughs> compete. We need one we need one more interview to see if we can find that dark side. Nah, plus, we um, just need to watch so him, when to watch him at the end of the month. Right. <laughs> when did you get good, Justin? When were you like, when were you like, okay, I'm actually pretty good at this CrossFit stuff? When did it kind of start taking over your life where you were in the gym every day at the CrossFit gym? Uh, the thing was, like, I didn't really realize that I was good at it until after Ireland. Like, to like be honest, like I was just kind of like I, I like everything I did, like I just I do it with like a hundred percent effort. Like I'm not gonna half-ass anything that I do. So like when I was playing football, like I'm always training football on the weekends, like outside of practice, getting friends together, running routes, like doing all that stuff. Same thing with wrestling, going to wrestling camps, do that, and I'm doing CrossFit. Like I would go to wrestling practice, and then after I would go to the gym, uh, and then like I had also a gym at my house where I would do some more stuff. Like I was just. I always was very dedicated to like being like getting better and I wouldn't really have like an end goal of like competing or anything like that. But, uh, when a competition came up, I would do it. And, uh, just kind of going into Ireland, that was like my fun competition of the year. I was like, dude, it'd be awesome. Go to Ireland. Never been. I'm going to bring my whole family. It was like right before Thanksgiving break. So I had like a week off of school. I was like, I'm just going to hang out in Ireland, have a good time. And actually like ended up winning it, which was like, not on my radar at all. And my coach kind of said things like, dude, have you ever like thought about like just competing in a CrossFit, like just doing that? And I was like, never crossed my mind. <laughs> like I, like I just kind of viewed it as something I'm going to train for, like as a sport until I was done with uh, college and then just move on, get a job, do whatever. And uh, he told me that he introduced me to like loud and live, uh, like all those awesome people. And just kind of started making connections and this past year and a half it's like 
full go so now. Seven, before we go, <laughs> he says that he didn't realize he was good until, um, until, do, until Ireland, but he'd already done some other competitions prior to them that he actually did pretty well at. I mean, he's been to, re- he went to regionals twice before that and is still as a, maybe even as a high schooler or just finishing high school. Yeah. And then you did complete at Wadapalooza and Granite Games the previous year and you basically were like one implement away from winning Granite Games potentially. What do you yeah, mean by yeah, that I mean, one implement, Brian? Like Sorry, one second, Justin. Like, Hold on one second. I got to decode some, Brian. So what do you mean one implement? Like there was something there he wasn't good at, like handstand push-ups or something? Ask him. Yeah. Was that it? It was the last event, right? <laughs> was- uh, yeah, man. It was uh, It was rough. I mean, it was this. So I started working with uh, Adam in 2019, right after the Open. So that was in March. Started training with him in uh, April. And then Granite Games was in May. So I only had like two months with them and... I just did Wadapalooza a month before that. I got like 18th place, like nothing special. And I was going into Granite Games like, dude, I just want to be better than 18th. Like it's a similar competition. Just want to improve. And freaking was going in the last workout in a qualifying spot to go to the games. I was sitting in second behind Travis Mayer. Oh, Travis Mayer. The name yeah, that man. needs to be said in every podcast. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and then Brent Fikowski, Brent Fikowski was in third. And uh, yeah, I went in. And then, dude, I just remember like the buttery bros came up to me and they're like, Hey man, like you're in a qualifying spot to go to the games. Like, how do you feel about all this stuff? And like, dude, nerves hit, started puking, like all this stuff and went into the last event and it was uh rope climbs and sandbag cleans and just got buried on the sandbag cleans, man. It was, uh, it's experience that like, uh, I get like chills thinking about it. Just, I remember Brent standing there, like he was just yelling at me. He's like, dude, it's going to be worth it. Like go like, cause he finished blew through the workout and just like yelling at me telling me to like go hard or go faster and I was giving it everything I had and uh I missed it by like four points uh two things that stand out to me that's really cool to hear Brent did that what a great thing yeah. that's a great line um it's gonna be worth it and tell me about this puking yeah I, I get real nervous <laughs> uh before events and stuff like that I mean just like you train like so hard all the time and you come to this moment where it's like every all your training is going to be reflected on this moment right here and just like you start thinking about all that stuff and i'm trying to stay calm and just get like those butterflies in your stomach that uh make me a little bit nervous does anything <laughs> but, actually uh, come up oh yeah wow and where do you do that what if like you're in the what if you're at the games and you're in the corral like where do you do that you just lean over find some bushes or yeah did it at regionals <laughs> that's a really good sign you know who else does that right no mr fraser <laughs> pukes <Yeah. laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing to have in common but uh, i don't know it, there, there's a great there's a great clip somewhere in one of the behind the scenes where um i'm talking to uh scott and josh and and matt's there too and they're getting ready to go down onto the floor in madison and you see kind of matt peel away and go into the bushes and I ask, and I go, hey, what, what do you think Matt's doing over there? And Josh says, he's crying because he just re- he realized he's the only one here who still still lives at home with his parents or something like that. Josh <laughs> says something funny like that. But really, that became, that became, you haven't noticed that? Before every event, Matt will start doing these yawning things and bringing his hand to his mouth. And then if you ask him about it, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm about to fucking lose my shit. Everything's about to come up. Yeah. And I go, when does that go away? He goes, the second we start. I was like, oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah does it go away Pretty for you much. the second you start too? yeah man i think uh yeah dude it was i remember the first time i went to regionals and like josh bridges is there and it was uh 
it was a version of Murph. It was like a 1200 meter run. And then it was like three rounds of handstand pushups, pull-ups and pistols or something like that. And like freaking running next to Josh Bridges. I was losing it. I'm like, I've never met anybody before. I'm like doing a workout next to freaking Josh Bridges. I'm like, this is insane. But like now I puked before that got out there, like face was pale white, but, uh, just like, just kind of like, I think that's something that you just got to learn, something that you kind of like got to handle, embrace, and like stay calm in that moment. Like, you know, that's going to be there. So it's like, stay calm with it. But uh, this is, so, yeah. so, so did that happen in wrestling? Well, go, you can answer that. You can answer that. Uh, Brian says you can answer that, Justin. Um, did you used to puke in wrestling? No, I, I never really puked uh, too much in wrestling. I definitely got nervous. It was, it was a lot different of like a buildup. Like, you know what I mean? And no, I don't. it's different. There's, there, there's, there's like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain. Like you go in like, yeah, it's just different. It's hard to explain. I mean, there's not like a huge crowd. There's like tons of other mats going on. Like you kind of do your own warm up. You can stay warm. You're just like, like doing shadow, like shadow wrestling and stuff like that. And you kind of get out and go. And like, you have like this time to kind of like, it's a long build up before you go. So you can like kind of stay calm, move around and then. But then, like, with CrossFit, walking out into a competition for, like, I feel like everything's just, like, magnifying glass on you. And it's, it's so focused. And, uh, and and plus, it was something I've never done before. Like, I, I've always competed in wrestling. as something I was comfortable with. And now I'm going out to, like, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the what the West Coast Regional was. Like, that venue. Like, it was, like, it was just something I've never been in before. It was nuts. You were at the West Coast, the one in Del Norte. Yeah, two years. I went when it was the California Regional mm-hmm. in 2017, and then I went oh, in that's 2018. Right. So that's another one. Like All the, three of us were actually at that one. When they yeah. combined when they combined the two? Yeah, I was at both of those. And yeah, I think I met Brian there for the first time, right? Is that where we met the first time, Brian? Uh, we were at Albany the week before, so second time. But uh, oh, this these okay. types of stories that he's telling are exactly the things that I'm referring to when I say that competition experience is valuable. And so even in this case, we see, he said, I didn't realize I was good until Ireland, but already he had these experiences at Granite Games. Already he had these experiences at regionals and at Wadapalooza where the, the, the results and performances are whatever they are. But all these other things, the being next to a guy that you looked up to, that you respect, that you're like, damn, I never thought I'd do a workout next to Josh Bridges. You have to get over that. You, if that's something that's in your Psyche, when you're doing it, then you're, there's some amount of your performance that's going to not be optimal because you're thinking about other things. So you have to learn those lessons. Everyone's got a different experience, but it's really rare to show up the first time and get over all those things so quickly that you can then execute. Yeah. Did Josh talk any shit to you? He's kind of a world-class shit talker. No, dude, but he was, he was awesome. I remember uh, going into the triple threes. Uh, I think this was 2018. It was the 3000 meter road, 300 double unders. And, uh, three mile run or something like that. And uh, we're sitting there in the shoot and he's like, dude, are you wearing Metcons? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, has like his nice Nike running shoes on. And he's like, you're really going to run in those? And I'm like, dude, the, the only shoe that I got that doesn't give me blisters. Like <laughs> this is what I'm wearing. He's like, dude, I'm sponsored by Nike. And I would not run in those. And oh, damn. <laughs> just like this kid giving me heck. I mean, he, he was awesome though. I started talking to him. He was talking about his kids and wrestling and, uh, talked about how i wrestled he, he was super nice and uh we went out on that event and me and him were the first two guys on the runner and uh like my family's like go oh, you got him and it's like i like sprinted the first 400 meters of a three mile run thinking that like 
Like, it was so jacked. I'm like, dude, I'm in first place right now against Josh Bridges. Like, let's go. And I died out and stuff like that. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, he, he was super cool. And like later on that, uh, I didn't make the final heat. And uh, like they do like male, male, then female, female, then the final heat of female, final heat of male. And I was like, went and got like my sign and stuff after. And I was like standing just like by myself trying to watch the final heat to see like who made it. And this lady walks up and like, oh my gosh, like you did so well this weekend. It was so much fun watching you. Like my son's out there competing. Like it was just, he's like, don't tell him, but like I was secretly rooting for you a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like I was like, who's your son? And she's like, oh, Josh Bridges. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I like lost it. It was, uh, it was super cool. Like his whole family's super nice. His mom sounded amazing, but uh yeah, it was a really cool experience. That was a stacked field. Too. Do you, are you in a relation? Yeah, that was a good one. Are you in a relationship with anyone, Justin? Yeah. And uh, is she on? Is that the girl that's on your Instagram? Yeah. Because she hasn't made an appearance in like ninety-five weeks or something. <laughs> she hasn't made on a, what? She hasn't made an appearance on your Instagram in a long time. So I thought maybe you guys broke up or something. No, dude. She's she she just made this past one. She she did. Yeah, like two posts ago. God, I, I must have not done my homework so good. Look there was me. a video. Look at me. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why I didn't see it. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Oh, yeah, with the toes. Yeah, a little, little toe thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's fair. That could have been a good cover picture, her toes. <laughs> Instead of you and the tide. I didn't want all these guys getting too excited, man, looking at her feet and stuff. The, you know? toe, the toe guys? And the foot, foot fetish is like the number one fetish. What's the What's the key to um a successful relationship when someone is as dedicated as you are i think you said it in a post when you were very very young which is when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you will be successful that cannot be um i don't want to say easy but that's not normal being in a relationship with someone that's like a, a unique experience to be with someone who's in that situation right yeah yeah i know for sure it's, it's definitely something that like definitely had some like hard times like doing that but uh it's kind of like being like blatantly clear like i was like hey like this is my number one priority and like every decision i make is going to be like is this going to help me or not like i because like my motivation behind that is like i don't want to step on the starting mat of the crossing games and look back and be like fuck i shouldn't have done that or like i just want to step on that starting mat and just have like no question to be like hey i am the most prepared for this moment as i possibly can be and whatever happens, happens now. Like, I just had to go out there and execute. But you don't want to be sitting there thinking about, fuck, I shouldn't have stayed up till midnight that night. I should have watched all those movies with you. Shouldn't have drove and see you this day. Like, uh, whatever it is. And just kind of, like, be blatantly clear. Like, hey, like, when it's it's, it's competition time. Like, this is uh, this is my number one focus. And just kind of being, like, honest with that. Like, uh, like that's how I'm going to make my decisions. And I'm sorry if that kind of affects us in uh, certain ways. But, like... Like that's going to be my decision. What when I, I remember being a boy and like before I would go to sleep, let's say I got in trouble with my mom or before I went to school in the morning, let's say I was fucking around and I wasn't getting ready. My mom would yell at me or whatever. I remember always that when like I would have all this anxiety about falling asleep while my mom was angry at me or all this anxiety about going to school, like, like with just some bad blood in the house. But my mom was so good at it. Like if she drive me to school, I'd be just in trouble the whole way there. And then I'd get out of the car and she'd go, I want you to know I love you. You have a good day. Don't worry about anything. Exactly. Stuff. And man. I'd be like, oh, she just like took this emotional and psychological leash off of me. And I just 
fucking loved her so much for that. Like she didn't keep me on the hook. And that's hard in a, in a young relationship at 22 years old to be like, to, you have to be extremely, extremely humble to, to be with someone who's, who's to go out with someone like Justin Medeiros. But the rewards are enormous. You have a front row seat to someone who, is giving something their all. I mean, it, it's, I don't mean to make it sound shallow or so transactional cause it's not, but, um, we only have one life and it's, a, um, as much as like she, she, as much as she gives you is as much as she'll get in return. Yeah. It's just different. It's such, it's like apples and oranges, but man, having a front row seat to someone's life, like what you're doing will have a tremendous impact to everyone who, who gets a front row seat. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. But like, I love what you said. Like, I, I have vivid memories, but like the opposite, like where I've had like arguments with my mom or my dad and I'm all mad and I go sit in my bed and I'm all pissed off. And then he's had those like terrible thoughts. Like you never want like the last conversation you have with someone to be a bad one. So like, right. we just made a thing like no matter what, every night, like I love you. Good night. Like yes. to my parents, to like my sisters, every yes. time I call, yes. like any family member, like when I hang up the phone, it's like, Hey, I love you. Have a great day. Bye. Or whatever. Have a good night. And like, just, that's just how it is. When I call like my grandma, my grandpa, like my sisters, parents, like girlfriend, anything. It's just like, I just want them to know that like, I love them. I appreciate them. And like this every time you never know when you don't want to think that way, but uh, you just, you never know when the last time is going to be. So just uh, kind of like really appreciate all those moments. Um, was your household a peaceful household? Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. I mean, my, my grandparents, I, I lived on five acres and then my grandparents lived on five acres behind me. Like just kind of grew up on like both those houses. My parents at work, I just like walk over to my grandparents, like make jello, like just kind of have a good time and hang out and <laughs> cook some oatmeal and grandpa put me to work and all that stuff. So it was, it was always a good time. It's amazing. There's so many um, great successful stories of people who have and the one commonality is that they have their parents around them. So basically, you grew up on ten acres. And is your grandpa still alive? No, he 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 passed away just uh, uh like six months ago. And um, I noticed he makes some. He made several appearances on your Instagram. Was that hard for you? Yeah, man, it was it was definitely really hard. That semester, I took off of school. I had like some. My dad had a really bad accident, and like, like I really think like not everything happens for a reason, but like when bad shit happens, you can find the good part of it. And like COVID happened, school got put online and my dad had a really bad fall where we didn't know if he was going to make it or not. So I I dropped everything. Uh, I was here training with Adam. I uh, left, drove home, uh, dropped out of school for that semester and like stayed home, but like, like to help my dad out. And, uh, but huge, my grandpa was super sick at the time too. But like, since I was home taking care of my dad, I got to spend an extra, the last six months of my grandpa's life, like with him every day. So, uh, like, just like kind of find like the light in the situations, like having COVID, I could, I like got to go home, got to spend time with my dad, my grandpa and all that stuff. So it was, uh, yeah. Was it your dad's dad? Yeah. And how old was he? I'm going to say like in his seventies. Did he smoke? No, he had a, like they have like a like he had a liver problem he had a liver transplant um like eight years ago 
Um, so he couldn't really like drink anymore. He used to drink a lot before I was born and then he had a bad liver. So I never knew that side of him, but cause he had to be sober since he got the liver transplant. They said it was going to last another four years. Then he ended up making it eight more years. And then he got this, uh, forgot what type of cancer it was. It was nothing super serious, but since he had a liver, they couldn't give him the right treatment for him because then it would kill his liver. So, uh, he did like some experimental stuff and gave him an extra couple of years and he ended up like kind of just passing away it was peaceful and it was nice but uh it's never hard it's always hard to like lose someone like that was he the first person that you've known to pass away uh i had a really close friend pass away in like sixth grade and uh that's kind of the the two two big ones i think wow in the sixth grade yeah it was it was like my sister's best friend who's kind of like an older brother and uh he had terminal cancer he like dropped out of high school like when he was a freshman and uh just kind of like he knew he was gonna go and it's kind of like a long time he had like the make a wish foundation and all that stuff and that was really really hard too uh, i was a lot younger obviously at the time and then uh yeah i met grandpa too. yeah that's some intense shit to process my grandpa died when i was in the seventh grade it, I, I i saw him a lot but he did but we didn't speak a lot but I remember it being like really traumatic. Yeah. Like I couldn't get my head wrapped around the fact that he was gone. But I guess yeah. you were in your 20s. It's a little more. This is crazy. I mean, you had, I mean, I don't know how old you're in seventh grade, but like I said, 21 years of my life where my grandpa was there every day. And like, yeah. When he was and sick, you don't want like, to see your dad. And you don't want to see your dad hurt, right? You're no, like, dude, fuck. Was, I lost my grandpa. My dad lost his dad. This is a double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not good. Yeah. My dad had like, uh, he felt he was cleaning the gutters off our shop and uh-huh. fell off and like landed on his head and had to get like brain surgery uh, to like re- like relive like a like clot that he had. It was like a it was like twenty feet. Yeah, it was it was, it was not good. <laughs> Is he okay? Yeah, man. He it was it was nuts. I mean, I we got a phone call. I got a phone call from my family. Like they didn't know if he was going to make it through the night, and I'm like. It was terrible. I was like, I'm hopping in the car and driving home now. And it's like a 12 hour drive or I could just wait till the morning and then like fly. But I was like, and I'll get there at the same time. But I just like felt hopeless. And then just kind of like driving back there and he's in the hospital for about a month. But dude, he came out and made a full recovery. It was, it was insane. It was, yeah, he's awesome. He's strong, dude. Holy shit. It's crazy how often you hear that story, right? Someone falling off a roof. Yeah, dude, it was it was crazy. And the thing that it, it, he's like, a, he's a very hardworking guy too. But like, thing that sucks is like he lost his memory for like two weeks, and he can't for the life and remember how he fell. Because he like I, I'm usually there helping him clean the gutters. Like it's a very we live like <laughs> we don't have a twenty foot ladder, so we had the truck. <laughs> <I love that>. <laughs> <laughs> we had the truck with the ladder in the back of the truck. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a, it's a little oaky, an oaky rig, but, uh, Lodi we, is shit. Yeah. We, we, we do that every year. Normally I'm there with him and yeah, he can't figure out the life of him, how he fell. He still tries to figure it out, but he's like, but he can't figure out if the ladder broke or if the ladder broke when oh, it fell on impact or if he slipped, it was raining. Like it was a terrible situation. Oh, it's always that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dad, what are you doing on the roof when it's raining? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was nuts. Um, will you hold on one second while I talk to Brian? Brian, do you see how that worked out in the beginning of the podcast? You can't hear me, right, Justin? Justin mentioned how he took six months off from school. Mm-hmm. 
because he had some shit at home and you know that shit was just itching at my heart just fucking like ocd i was just swirling around that what happened what happened how can i find out without what happened without asking him directly and now we're an hour and seven minutes in we finally fucking dug out the gem you got it fuck (laughs) i'll sleep so much better tonight you see that do you know the whole time brian like when someone says something like that it fucking my ocd just fires up like i just can't stop thinking about it dude it's it's like that thing, I guess, like, my biggest pet peeve, like, when someone says something, like, tells you something, but you didn't hear, I'm like, oh, what'd you say? I'm like, ah, oh, never mind. I'm like, Wait. Yeah, you're like, well, I'm like, hey, no. Especially your girlfriend. <laughs> especially your girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, ne- never mind. I'm like, no, like, you have to tell me now. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know, care what it was. Like, I just gotta know. <laughs> okay, Brian, do your game shit. Do your game shit. What do you got? How good is this guy? Does this guy win this year, next year? Does he? No, no, no. What's the deal? He, I, I call him in my podcast Prince Prince Maderos. Is he really the prince? Well, I thought that was just. You also said King Fraser, so I thought that was just a you know podium. Yes. You know, sub, whatever. <laughs> well, it's because it was King Fraser, and we're seeing yeah, and we're seeing this guy's getting he's he's got Fraser's arm around well, that, him. Every time I picture Maderos, Fraser standing by him with his arm. I do. Around him. I do think that there's you know there's. This is, there's only a couple people that I really think can win the CrossFit Games this year, and and Justin's in that group. But you know, when I'm thinking about that, there's some things that I hit that I want to know. And in particular, I look like I'm looking at his his open scores, and I have a feeling about something here. But I will ask him about it. He plays sixth and third in two of the workouts. He had a 79th in the workout that he did as a live announcement. And I do want to ask about the live announcement in general, like what that was like. How soon before that do you get asked to do that? Do you even give it a second thought if you're going to do it, et cetera? And then I'll let you talk about both of them, I guess. And then the last workout, he placed 1,068th, and that's a lifting event. But I do know from talking to some other athletes that at that point, like they had tried, like he, he hit 277 pounds, for example. Maybe he had 305 on the bar at the end of that workout and he just barely missed the jerk. And he's like, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to make the quarterfinals anyway. Why would I do this workout again? So I guess I just want to know about the live announcement experience and then that lifting because if you're that far off on the lifting numbers, that's concerning when you're talking about someone to make the games, but there might be something else going on there. I mean, to win the games. Yeah, man. So like talk about open announcement. It was uh, awesome. I think I I found it like pretty like quick. I think it was like no more than two weeks or something like that that I found out that I was going to go. But uh, obviously I talked to my coach and like, like you said, like, hey, like, do you think this is, like, a good time to do it or not? Like, it's going to be traveling during the, like, open. Like, obviously, you don't want to be traveling a bunch when you're competing. But, like, both of us kind of the thing, like, I mean, like, I'm still a fan of the sport. Like, a freaking open announcement. Like, I'm like, this is nuts. Like, I like you get a – I grew up – I started watching CrossFit in 2013, so I could see all these open announcements and, like, with Fraser and Froning and just there's all, all the, like, the greats doing them. And, like, to be a part of it, I was like – Heck yeah! Like let's go! Like that's gonna be like an experience I'm never gonna have again. So, uh, or I don't, don't know forget my mom, again, Justin. So. My mom, my mom's done open announcements twice in the masters category. No shit, dude. I, dude She's the poster than me, child. <laughs> you only done one. You've only done one. I've only done one. All right. She got me okay, there. Go on. So you were excited. You wanted to do it. Yeah, dude. I was super pumped up. I mean, that's an experience that like I, I just wanted to have. Uh, I think I'd be super mad if I never did it. Um, I mean, obviously, like if you think about it, it's not like the most optimal competition environment like there's no preparation i mean I, you didn't get to see the workout and then you get to hit it like you just don't know so uh 
like I was super pumped up. It's like, it's a learning experience too. Like, I mean, you never know, like just kind of sit there, you hear the workout, like, okay, let's get a game plan quick and like execute it. So, um, and then plus my whole family got to go cause the, the CrossFit HQ is only like an hour and a half away from my hometown. So like, it was just, it was so awesome. It was a super cool experience. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or if you want to know some other stuff. But. No, I mean, that's that's perfect. And <clears throat> your time was great. I mean, I think it would have been second place or third place in 2017 because that was the repeat workout. And and I always wonder, it seems like it's like 50-50 if people do the open announcement, if they choose to redo it or not. And if they do redo it, they always, almost always improve. But maybe, you know, this is something I'll just kind of tell you up front because maybe we'll talk about the rest of the season. I think of you as a as an athlete at this point that, is not, not is not peaking for the open or quarterfinals, and maybe not even for semifinals. So, I wasn't surprised you didn't redo that one. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this the, the end goal is the CrossFit Games, and we're, we're trying to do everything we possibly can to to get there for, first and foremost. But like, that's when we want to peak. That's when you want to be the best of the best. And obviously, I go into every competition, every workout, like I'm going to win this shit. Like that that's the effort and mentality I have going into it. And uh, but the, the end goal and the plans to, to be ready for the CrossFit Games. Isn't there a psychological piece, though, too, Brian? Like, if he repeats the workout and does better, like, it's kind of like, you know, like, hey, look, I have a 12-inch dick. Like, <laughs> like to all the other competitors, like, you're... you're well, like, it's, don't, it's don't strange doing the open announcement with the mentality he just described because if you're doing the open and your mentality is, I'm going to win, then you're competing against everyone in the world. But if you're doing the open announcement and your mentality is, I'm going to win, it's, I'm going to beat that guy. Which he did. Yeah. And then, 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 then that was the thing. I mean, dude, like the whole yeah. world's watching. Who are you going like, against? Who are you going against? Huh? Who are you going in against? Point. Okay. Yeah. So it was uh, it was just like going out there and like, you know, everyone's watching. And like, even when there's like a field of 10 people, like, you know, people are probably watching different athletes. But the open announcement, like, it's just you two. I'm like, dude, I am not losing this freaking thing on live television. I'm like, that is, that is just not an option. Like, <laughs> like I am going to go hard. And, uh. Well, we came out, I think, I, I think if I did it again, I would have paced it a little bit different, tried some new things, but I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out hot. Like, well, what do you want to do? Come out slow and then try to play catch up at the end. Like I might as well come out guns a blazing and see what the fuck happens uh, kind of thing. And, and it was a lot easier mentally too, knowing that you got like, it's the top like 7,000 people go and I'm pretty confident in my fitness. I'm not going to be in the bottom 7,000. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was pretty good. And then yeah, it was it was a super awesome event. It was it was super cool to be a part of. Before you answer Brian's next question, I have a question. You didn't know that you were good when like you were the best dude in your gym, like when there was like a thirty five year old buff dude there and all of a sudden you were lifting more than him. You weren't like, Oh shit, I'm good. That wasn't enough for you? Yeah. It's just it's no, it wasn't. I mean, it's just like it, you just like look at people do another workouts and you're like, dude, this is on a whole nother level. Like there's always someone better than you. And like, even when, every day when I'm training, it's not like I'm freaking hitting my home runs. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, let's just do all, do all the shit I'm good at. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to beat everybody. But like, I'm trying to pair myself up with people that are better than me and lift more than me or better at handstand pushups or whatever it is. So like you're getting beat <laughs> a lot or you're at least in your training, like, dude, I'm so fucking unfit. Like you're doing all the stuff you're bad at. Like it's a, uh, it's not always uh, super fun or good. It's uh, it's always good to just kind of keep working on those things that you're bad at. So you don't always feel like you're at the top of your game. So you're not hitting these workouts freaking out of the park. So that obviously brings us to the last <clears throat> open score, but we could kind of, I think we can kind of group it in with 
the even the four rep max front squat and potentially the one rep max snatch at semifinals and just kind of where is your strength at? Because that that snatch event at semifinals to me, I mean, everyone's like, oh my god, six six five six guys in the last hit hit three hundred pounds, yeah. seven guys over three hundred pounds in this competition. But I was watching and I felt like two eighty five for you at that moment was a big victory. Dude, I, I was I was so pumped. I was so pumped about that. Like, uh, just talking about the snatch event at the MAC, like. I, I, I PR, dude. I mean, obviously, I want to finish that weekend on top of the podium. I take that each workout at the time, and then the end result at the end of the weekend is what it is. And I walked away from every workout like, dude, that was the best execution I could have had at that time. Like, I went into every workout with the right strategy, and I executed that strategy to the best of my ability. Obviously, if I looked back and could change some things, I would. But, like, I walked away from every event like, hell yeah, man. Like, that was awesome. That 285-pound snatch, that's a... PR like lifetime PR for me. I've never hit that before. The only other time I've hit 280 was in Ireland a year and a half ago. So uh, to come out and, and PR in that environment was like, it was awesome, dude. I was pumped. I could care less if everyone else hit. I was like, fuck yeah, like things are on track and and, and tracking nicely. And that's what that's what that competition. That's what that heat was so fun to watch too. It's like even though you guys are all competing at that point, it just like once that first guy hit it, it was like, okay, the momentum's here. And it was just like successful lift after successful lift. And regardless of the number, yeah. everyone just hit a lift that they were like celebrating. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine being one of the last couple of guys in that heat and just the the adrenaline that must be pumping at that point. Like, let's, let's go. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I don't know if you watched that event, but like I missed 285 and then hit it within the 20 second window. Dude, it was just like, pure adrenaline man i was like so fired Holy up shit. like i like i was like the thing that sucked is like i like like walking up to 285 i was like i'm hitting this like there, there ain't no way i'm missing it like that i was like this bar is going up i can do it i smoked 275 and then i hit 285 and i just lost it behind me and i was like oh no like i know i can hit this bar and it's like that moment where like you know you can do it but you didn't do it like those are the moments i'd be mad about and uh just kind of gripped it and ripped it again and ended up making it God, this should have been a live show with Ryan pulling up that clip. God damn it. Um, hey, you know what's crazy about that? Brian, please unfuck me if I'm totally off here. It isn't uncommon for someone to miss a lift and then get it in the 20 seconds. It is extremely uncommon for someone to miss a PR and get it within the 20 seconds. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure he's even the only guy who did that in that competition. Um it was crazy, man. People were hitting lifts and the, just, you know, I don't, you can check on the game site and see their listed PRs, but it's usually not that accurate. Athletes just don't think to update it there that often. And so if someone's trying to prep stuff for all these athletes, you might think they've PR'd. When you know they PR'd is, is how they react to actually hitting it. And there were a couple other guys that missed one and then hit one. And I was like, hmm, that probably was a PR or matched it or something like that. Um. Brian, do you have another question that's burning? Because I'm going to ask him a little bit about this snatch. Go for event. it. Um, so how do you how do you decide what was your lift before 285? 275. And okay, so why not go to two? Would 280 have been a PR? Uh, matched it. Okay, why go to 285? Uh, I think like uh, the way that we the way we looked at it like was we know my training. Like, we know how it's been going, and I know what I'm capable of doing, even though I haven't done it. And we felt like that was a lift I was capable of hitting. And uh, 
275 was kind of that weight that we decided like this is a weight that like we have to hit no matter what like this is like if you don't hit this lift like you're just fucked for the weekend you know what i mean like you just dug yourself in a huge hole so uh we hit like a warm-up weight a weight that we'll be satisfied with but not like happy with and make sure we get that and then we're going to go for it on the third one and uh that was our strategy. That, that was like our go for it weight. Obviously, it wouldn't be smart to go 290, 10 pound PR. Like, that's a lot. But uh, we're like, okay, like, we're going to go for it. I mean, obviously, we're competing, trying to learn and uh, see what's capable. So, that, that was a jump that, like, we decided to make and felt good in the warm ups and stuck with it. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking here. Uh, Hunter Holyfield got 290. So, it would have really only moved you up one place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, I mean, obviously, there's times like, you go into that event like, oh yeah, three fifteen snatch is, is going to win that event. Well, it's not like I'm going to throw on three fifteen. Like that's just stupid. Like I know what you can do to win it, but you got to like run your own race and be smart and do like the best you can be. And like that's our strategy. Like going into it, like yeah, dude, we know like there's some strong guys out there: Scott Pancheck, Ben Smith, Travis Mayer, like like all these guys. And obviously, there's going to be a couple other guys that I don't know of that are going to be stronger than me. But I got to go out there and, and hit the numbers that I think that are the best for me. And that's what we focused on and hit it. And I was like, I can care less if everyone else hit, but like I am fired up right now. It was a, it was a, the first event, like back with like, that's live, got a crowd. Like everyone was just going nuts. It was, it was a crazy environment. Um, Justin, what's the uh, competition you've done that's had the most scored events in it? Do you know? Like seven I events. I the games last year. Games last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot there. And besides that, have you ever done one that's had 10 events or more? Because I think, you know, I, I go ahead, just, Seven. Just so you know, Justin, real quick. So my whole thing, it took me an hour to figure out what happened to you um, <laughs> with why you took six months off of school <laughs> and what problems you had at home. Brian only has 20 minutes to pick your brain because he's he's only interested in one thing that's he's nice. interested in where he's going to rank you in the games, <laughs> like first through first first through fifth and so basically all of his questions he's just trying to analyze does he have a championship mentality does he have more in the gas tank how is this swimming like he's using this to um, investigate where he's going to put you in the rankings he's you're singularly focused on winning the games i'm trying to figure out your deep dark secrets <laughs> and brian wants to present um wants to make sure he get his rankings right so he can peacock around all the other pundits in the uh Open. Okay, sorry, Brian. Go well, on. Keep I like that. that that's what Savan thinks. So we'll let him think that. <laughs> well, early earlier you mentioned that you attack every workout with the mentality to win, and then we look at the snatch workout, and obviously, based on what you just said, you're not trying to win that. You're trying to maximize your potential in that workout. And the reason I ask about a workout or a competition that has ten to fifteen events or whatever the game's going to have this year is that it's different. I think it's different approaching a 15 event competition. If you come into the swimming event and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to win this event. You're probably not because some of these guys were like national level swimmers and it's just not worth it for you to. Well, that's what you think, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why not the CrossFit games, dude? (laughs) There's a lot of reasons why I'm not at the games, but, (laughs) but if you, if you get in the, in the pool and you, let's say you do have the confidence to win that event and you get in the lake and whatever, and you get halfway through the swimming distance, you're like, Damn, bro, if I try to hang with Koski on this one, maybe I get him, maybe I don't, but what's it going to do to me in the long run of the week? Do you, would, like, would you ever consider that thought in that moment? Or would you say, no, I want, I, I want to go for it. No one thinks I can beat this guy, but I think I, but I know I, I know I have a chance to. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think, uh, like, talking about, like, I want to win every event, like, that's a mentality. Like, if you go into an event, like, yeah, I'm going to lose this, it's whatever. Like, that's just not the right me- mentality to have. Like, uh, it's just a mentality of walking every event, like, I'm going to fucking crush this event and I'm going to win it. Like, like that's just, like, that mindset you got to go. I mean, obviously, you sit back and be realistic with yourself. I mean, you're not going to win every event. Like, I think that's just, like, how it is. Like, no one's ever going to go to the game to this clean slate all the way through. I mean, Matt Frazier got close, <laughs> but he, ne- he never did it. But, like, I think uh, you got to have that mindset. Like, I'm going to fucking crush this event, like, kind of thing, and, and, and go out there. And, and to me, that's, like, that mindset. Like, I, like I'm going to win that event. And uh, But, obviously, if you get put into a position, like, where you can beat another competitor, like, you got to go for it. At the end of the weekend, like, every point matters. Like I said, like, I just – I missed my spot going to the games in 2019 by four points. Like that's one spot somewhere in the weekend. And uh, when you sit back at the end of the weekend, you don't want to be like, ah, shit, like I could have beat that guy, but I let off because I knew I had eight more events and I wanted to save myself or whatever. I mean, I think uh, that's one of the things me and my coach talk about. Like you got to be willing to die for points. And I've had some experiences in the past where like I did not do that. And uh, something I, I, you just don't want that feeling at the end of the event, just knowing that like th- there was more left. A Greg Glassman quote, quote, men will die for an old one. That's like 2008. Um, Yeah, very old. To to follow up on Brian's question, uh, it's a fucking awesome question. Yesterday we spoke to Zach Watts in event sixth, Gretel. He basically was determined to win that event. He ended up taking sixth. And I'm sorry if I'm mischaracterizing this, but the spirit of it's right. And he basically said he pushed himself so hard in Gretel that basically the wheels came off the bus, that he had to lay there on the cold concrete for 30 minutes. Have you had, ever had any issues in a competition with recovering? He basically, And then the next event, he took 26th and got capped. Um, have you ever done that to yourself in an event, pushed so hard that you were like, oh, fuck, maybe I should have taken my foot off. There's, five, there's nine more events at the CrossFit Games, and I just did 157 France. You know, it's like, yeah, man, I think uh, that's something that you like you train for, like in your training, like obviously you're training to go fast, but like just as much like when I'm training, I'm training to recover when I'm doing like a mock games or, or a mock competition. Like, yeah, I'm trying to run through the workouts and simulate like how it's going to feel. But like, I also got to like figure out and like test like, okay, like I did a heavy leg workout, I ice bath and all that didn't work. Like my legs still felt like shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you're just trying to trying to figure out um, how your body recovers and, and what to do and you never know how you're going to feel like in the middle of a workout. I mean, I can say that like, I want to finish W workout with that kind of feeling like, dude, I, that was everything I had, you know what I mean? And, and there's obviously times where you got to do that and times where you can't like Gretel, like, dude, I'm sorry, but like you had to do that. Like if you go five seconds slower in a workout like Gretel, like you're 10 points back, like 10 spots back. Like it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, you look at like, some of those longer workouts that are 28 minute time cap. Okay. Like you're not going to sprint to the finish when like you know you're like 10 15 reps in front of the guy like you're not going to sell out because it doesn't really matter like you're going to beat this guy no matter what like uh you're not just going to run through to have the best time possible you're going to um you're trying you're trying to beat everyone you can and if you're in first by a mile why are you going to freaking sell out and be in first by two miles kind of thing so i've I've had a thought recently because you know uh dave is slowly announcing some of the workouts for the games this year and he announces the first one long swim longer paddle and all of a sudden every games athlete is posting long swim long paddle on instagram and i'm over here thinking they got why are you guys doing this now if you're especially if you're in the top 10 15 in the world and you're planning to get to the games 
you should have been doing long swim, long paddle, and you're programming all the time because you know, I mean, how many times has it come up? Is that you? Have you been practicing those things? You don't need Dave to tell you that you might swim and paddle at the games. You're you're already preparing for that, right? Yeah, man. I mean, like you look at like the games, like you know, there's going to be a swimming aspect. That's that's every year. You know, there's probably going to be a long run. Like you just like there's going to be a running aspect, and you know, there's going to be a lift. Like there's a certain things that you got to train for and, and be ready for. And swimming is, is kind of one of them. I mean, obviously, there could be a paddle, could not be, but you're just trying to like simulate that as much as you can. But you get, you know, if you have a year of training, you have however many active recovery days, why not throw in a paddle every once in a, and again, do a little three yeah, mile exactly. paddle or whatever. Like if you're one of the top in the sport, I'm just thinking, man, you should, you shouldn't need to alter your training all of a sudden based on Dave's clue. You should already be prepared for that. Oh, a pig's showing yeah, for up sure. for the first time since 2015. Well, I'm sorry. If you haven't been flipping tires, you're not ready for the games, right? Yeah, dude, that's what's, that's what's, it's crazy about the games, dude. Like anything under the sun's ready and you're training all year, you're just like, you're just trying to be the fittest you possibly can. Like, there's no, like, telltale sign, like, this is going to be at the games or this is not. So you could train freaking tires all year round and it might not show up. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think that's, uh, some of like the hardest thing about training is you feel like you're so prepared for this year and then sometimes you get hit with a curveball. You, you never know what it's going to be. And I think that's what Dave tries to do when he's programming. He wants to hit all the athletes with the curveball. Like, fuck, I did not see that coming. Sure. And, and I mean, there's no, there's there's obviously no he's gonna have something that you haven't seen. There's always a new implement or a new combination or something like that. But if you're that good and you haven't touched a tire in the last nine months, I'm not saying you need yeah. to do it every week. But all of a sudden, if you think oh, I'm just gonna flip this tire every day for the next three weeks and I'm gonna crush that event, it's like probably should have been preparing more for that earlier on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, like look at last year's games. Like I could have been swimming and paddling, been the best swimmer out there in the swim event. <laughs> had nothing to do with swimming. Like that wasn't even, that was not a swim event. It was a bike event. You know what I mean? Like you look at stuff like that, could have been paddling all year and a paddleboard didn't show up. So uh, it, it's really hard. I mean, obviously you try to try to like disperse, like you have a year of training and try to get like dosage of everything. And obviously I'm not going to be swimming or like paddling leading up to the open. Like that's not going to be there. You know what I mean? Like you got to train for what's going to be there. You got to be prepared. And obviously when you get into games training, you know, you're going to get into crazy events, obstacle courses, possibly like ruck runs, like uh, all, all this, like swimming like that, you know, that a sanctional and obviously the open can't do. Did you, um, do you have a relationship with Dave when you were at the ranch? Did you talk to him? Did you guys become friends? Did you, did he give you any? Not any really. Love? His brother did though. Yeah. Oh, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny was awesome. I was like, I was and, like, Hey Dave, um, how about uh, Kenny gave me his number and said, I'm welcome at the ranch anytime. So, I'll probably just be popping in throughout the year. <laughs> and what did He's Dave like, Don't say? fucking listen to him. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> um, did did he introduce himself to your parents? I don't think so. He might have said hi, oh, but no, nothing that's like significant that I remember. Um, do you, you were listening to G Easy in one of your music videos? Do you like G Easy? I listen to a little bit of everything. Yeah, he um Dave likes G Easy. Maybe you guys could bond on <laughs> on that. He turned me on to G Easy. Have you met Gabe Subri at CrossFit yeah. 209? Yeah. And have you ever trained with him? Yeah, I actually tried to be on their team in uh 2017. It didn't work out, but I made it individual that year, so it worked out good. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. And how far is that from your house? Uh, I mean, it's in it's I mean, it's like 30 minutes, but like it's only like 10 minutes away from my gym that I go to anyways. 
Gotcha. Because it's got to be like a, it's probably Dude, like a twenty thousand. Dude, it's huge. a football 000. field in there and a track Court. and yeah, like yeah, yeah maybe it's, it's bigger ridiculous. than that. Yeah, it's massive, right? Seven. I got to go in a minute. I got just one more thing I'd like to ask him before I do. Um, okay. So you finish up the semifinal. Here's for well, I guess two things. One, did you want to go to that semifinal? Was that your first choice? Yeah. And did the timing of it relative to the games have anything to do with it? Like if yeah. I make it, I'll have more time between now and the games. Yeah. So I was like, to me, that if you're mm. if you, if you think your your game's caliber, no matter where you fall, I would have had the same approach. I would one hundred percent. I was like, why, why are you gonna do West Coast and then you're probably gonna take a week deload and then you just have like two weeks of training and then another deal? Like it's like it's so smashed. You do it the like the original one. You have two months. So. What's deload? When I think of deload, it has nothing to do with fitness. <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone What's deloads deload? differently. So, yeah, it's just a later training week, general. What is that? You just, re- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely not what I was thinking. I like the term <laughs> yeah. though, deload. I'd like to check the Urban Dictionary to see what that so, really means. So, Justin, after that weekend, I'm just I'm curious where you were at, kind of mentally, because you, f- you took third, you finished behind basically a legend of the sport and Scott pa- Scott Panchik by a few points, who's six or seven times placed in the top six at the games against a field and test that's probably similar to what we'll see this year. And then there's this new, this other guy who's very young, but actually older than you, who's kind of just shows up and does extremely well. And, uh, then the, the top four of you guys are well clear of the rest of the field. So coming out of that weekend, are you in a good space? Are you like, Hmm, man, I got to get a little better. Are you surprised by Hopper or like, where, what are you thinking about? He's asking you if you're scared of Jason Hopper. Nope. Like if you, you're like, God, no, dude, it, it was, it was an awesome weekend. I mean, obviously you could look at it so many different ways. And, uh, I, I man looked at it like every event that I did, like, I feel like I competed the best I could. And I was super pumped, like with the outcome, but there's also a lot of things that I saw where I got to improve on and, and, and train for like leading up to the games. I mean, it was a, it was a great semifinal wanting to come out on top and, uh, Obviously, dude, like Jason Hopper freaking crushed it. Like, good for him. But, like, the game's a different beast. We only had, like, six, seven events, whatever it was. And the game is going to be 15 and going to test a lot, a lot more different modalities and uh, everything like that. So, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. I'm, I'm super fired up for the games. I think, uh, I think if you look at most of my competition experiences, I, I build as the weekend goes on. And I'm, I'm looking forward to 15 events. When the, uh, so- do you have him on the podium, no. Brian? When the uh, when the competition ended, there seven events or whatever it was. Did you feel like, man, if they said let's go again two more days, I like let's do it? Would you have been ready for that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. I mean, I think uh, one of the things that fires me up most about the games, like you get to do all those crazy events that like you never get to do anywhere else. I mean, you have like the pig and, and the snail. Just like some of those events, where you just got to like go out there and like execute, like use your fitness to the best of your ability, and like figure it out like that event like chaos where you didn't even know what you were doing going out there like just like hey man ski until we tell you not to like uh i think this like stuff like that just fires you up doing obstacles running swimming uh just all that stuff so I, that's definitely an aspect of fitness and i think it helps like being an athlete so um it's gonna has be that, good i I'm, I'm looking forward to climbing that leaderboard throughout the whole weekend has adam ever given you well you might be on top if you win the swim to start so might have to stay up Dude, there and climb <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Has Adam ever given you a workout in training like chaos where he's like, Hey man, we got a workout coming up. I mean, as you go through the movements, I'm just going to tell you what the next one is. Uh, I mean, I've done one exactly like chaos, but like, uh, I think every, 
like event or like every training session has like a purpose like okay it's like is the purpose of this training session to get better at like skier and burpees whatever it was or the purpose is to like kind of throw you curveballs and not be ready for what's coming next uh so it's making sure that um you're training all those different aspects um uh, of what you're going to be like looking forward to and that's and that's definitely one of them you don't always know what you're going to do that kind of like show up to the gym that day and be like okay hey in 15 minutes we're hitting this workout kind of thing so you don't get to like sit at it, look at it the night before, get ready for it or whatever it is. You just kind of got to be ready, like lighten your toes, warm up and uh, hit event with intensity. Yeah, that's cool. Because I think, you know, it's in, in the way that you're excited about training for the games and all the athletes are because it's a different beast than anything else. The coaches, too, I think they have a certain freedom when they get to work with an athlete like you to program stuff that they couldn't program for their gym or they couldn't program for someone like me because it just doesn't make any sense. But then you know that Dave, who's programming the games, is always thinking of these little nuances and whatever. And so, therefore, Adam and whoever, all these other coaches have that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and it obviously makes it fun for you guys, too. For sure. All right, Seven, I got to go. You guys can stay on if you uh, want, of course. But uh, <clears throat> thank you, Justin. And um, good luck with the training. Can't wait to see you out there, man. Dude, thanks, man. Appreciate having me on. Before before we get off, I'd like to recommend everyone to go to Justin's Instagram account and find the video of him dancing in a pool in Mexico. It is his best post. You're going to have to dig around kind of deep in there. Uh, it's March. When is that? It's March 29th, 2017. It's just spring break, baby. The picture of Rich Froney. You, you have to see that video. It really shows what a cool dude I'll make a note of it now. Thank you.